discussing season three, episode three, "The Lion Sleeps Tonight." Uh, Dexter has to deal with a a very very clingy Miguel. Um, he's still working on his uh, decision about how or why or if he's going to be a father to uh, Rita's child and uh, other stuff. What do you guys think of this episode overall? I uh, thought it was. Yeah, what uh, what Brooke said, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I said that at the same time. I just I just didn't really care for it. Wasn't just eh, not a lot happening, and just really slow. This was a very lackluster follow up to what the previous episode left off. Like, just. It set it up so well, and and this just kind of squandered it. So, I think that in the scheme of things, um, this this episode feels very rushed and very slow at the same time. There's a bunch of development that happens, um, and I think it. I think part of why it feels kind of slow and bland is that they. They take this episode to really focus in on Miguel um, and really give us more, like, him getting to know Dexter. So we get what probably could have been a couple of episodes worth of scenes all smashed in together in this one episode where Miguel is always inviting Dexter along to everything that he does ever, and Dexter is stuck doing it because they keep they keep like tricking Rita into going first and so he's always compelled to show up and then Miguel has yet another gift to give him or another drink to have with him or another like they're setting up this whole brotherhood between Miguel and Dexter um and there's there's reasons for that um that are not yet explored in this season but it does kind of feel like uh, they're laying on the exposition between Dexter and Miguel really thick and not a whole lot of forward momentum is happening. Man, Miguel just wants to turn this into a buddy cop flick. Like, that's all he wants in life. Just, he just needs a biffle. Miguel just seems so needy and annoying in this one. <laughs> Miguel, yeah. Miguel's yeah. Lila. Well, he's, he's not, not that worst. bad. <laughs> he's not the worst. Until like episode I mean, six, where he's like, "Pardon my tits." I was gonna say, <laughs> I'm sure Lila's tits are much better. <laughs> Smith has it going on a little bit. He's he's know. more like, "Pardon my <laughs> Smiths." Oh, <laughs> wow. That was good. Uh, that was, I got, I got a plus. Good. That's the best line of the episode. Thanks for listening to Di- Deeply Disgusting Dexter. <laughs> it will not get better than this. <laughs> no. uh, so Dexter, Rita, and the kids go grocery shopping. Dexter notices Aster talking to a man. Dexter gets the pedo creeps from him and gets the guy's license plate in the parking lot. Masuka is passing out copies of Forensics Quarterly with his article in it. Quinn, Angel, and Deb have a quick conversation, confirming that they still haven't found anything new in the Freebo case despite Dexter killing him at the end of the last episode. Quinn starts grilling Dexter about coffee. Miguel walks in and does a good job pretending he's still worried about the case. 
Dexter gets worried. Miguel is trying to stop slash slow the investigation to help Dexter. And Miguel invites Dexter to dinner again. And he can't say no because Rita's already said yes. Yeah, that's where you got to get it is, is with the, uh, the other, your better half, your other half. Because uh, then you're locked in. Once they say yes, it's like, man, that's how you do it. Yeah, and I love that, like, the only thing that we know about Sylvia Prado at this point is that she and Miguel have been trying to have kids, too. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Rita found out within 30 seconds of meeting her, so. Yeah. All the relationships uh, in this this season are, like, extremely fast. Like, everybody's just telling everybody everything yeah. so quickly. Like, three minutes into dinner, Dexter's like, I kill people. <laughs> <laughs> With my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> my brother was the ice trick killer. Best potatoes. Uh... Deb catches a new body, another with the skin cut, which they assume is Freebo's M.O. Only Miguel and Dexter know it isn't Freebo and share a look. The new body has a much larger patch of missing skin, almost the entire left side of his chest. They mention a tree trimmer called in and said that they hadn't seen anyone unusual in the area. Uh, Deb goes to question a tree trimmer while Quinn goes to talk to two girls in swimsuits. Dexter tells Deb that Rita is pregnant. Deb says, a baby? A motherfucking roly-poly chubby cheek shit machine? Always, like, always there with a sound bite. She's so good. So that's that's how Deb found out. Um, <laughs> Rita is complaining about some morning sickness. Dexter starts asking about what the doctor told her. She mentions that she had to fill out a tedious medical history, but since Dexter is adopted, he won't have to. Dexter offers to go and get checked out by a doctor. Rita tells him he'll be a good father if he decides to. So tired of this storyline already. (laughs) What's Dexter going to do, guys? Is he going to just leave Rita and move in with, like, Lila's head or something? I don't know. Um, Yeah, it doesn't seem like the options are that endless. Uh, You know, uh, if she's already made the decision then yeah it's all very much just like a a big like what are you doing what is this what is what's happening here why is this even a thing this season it's too early on in this in this shows uh you know eight seasons and i don't know if they knew they were going to get eight seasons but nonetheless it's just like yeah it's just it just seems so weird well, there's, what, three or four storylines going on at this point, and this is clearly the weakest one, and it's dominating the episode. Like, I want to know about the burgeoning romance between him and, and Miguel. Like, that's what no, I want to know. that's what we get the most of in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely yeah, what we get the most of. I don't want to know more about it. <laughs> um, yeah. I just want to see Dexter being Dexter, and I don't feel like we're get, we're getting Dexter being Dexter, which is mm-hmm. kind of what happened at the beginning of the yeah. second season. But it's like it's like it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. that and that that is what really is dragging this down as well. It's like I made it through a whole season of Lila to get to this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So Rita and Syl have a quick conversation about how men are babies about becoming fathers. Ramon is a dick to Dexter, as usual. Uh, Miguel and Dexter have a beer together. 
Miguel asks if it's possible that Freebo killed the new guy. Dexter said he's sure Freebo is dead. He figures out that Miguel is actually looking for signs that Dexter is normal, so he tells Miguel that he hasn't been sleeping well. Uh, and then Dexter looks up the guy from the grocery store and finds out that he's a sex offender. So this is actual Dexter stuff, is him deciding to look into this this pedophile guy. Um, yeah, but it, it doesn't... The only part of this episode that's not boring. Yeah, and it has problems. <laughs> we'll get into it, yeah, but it, it has problems. Um, Miguel shows up unannounced to apologize for the way Ramon treated him. Dexter has them drink out on the porch. Miguel talks about what an asshole his father was. Even though Miguel is a success, his father was never satisfied with him. Dexter tells Miguel that his father was disgusted by him, and Miguel tells Dexter that Harry was an idiot. Miguel has a plan about how to let Ramon find Freebo's body. Dexter tells Miguel that the body is gone, but Miguel is drunk and won't give up, so they make plans to go to the body the next day. So this is like uh, two Miguel meetings in the same day, um, and you're you're already just getting this overbearing, like Miguel is just going to show up everywhere he goes from now on. I feel like every... Every season has this scene of where you just get more background in the characters over beers at Dexter's place. Like, he had the beers with Rudy, then he had a scene, I think, beers with Deborah in season two. Yeah. And now with Miguel in season three. It's a thing. Well, he won't let Miguel into the apartment, and they're drinking rum. No, that's true. So, it's completely different. <laughs> We've definitely not <laughs> seen Alcohol this Alcohol and beer and rum. <laughs> yeah. It's like nitpicking, really. Uh, Deb tracks down Quincy C.I. again and forces him into a men's room. She asks about Javier. C.I. Anton lights a joint in front of her, and Deb handcuffs him and arrests him. Um, and I bet isn't that in, isn't that entrapment? Is that what that means? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like, think Jesus. I would think so. Um, her pushing him into a men's room is is not okay. Yeah, um, like there's there's a lot wrong there. Um, but we're also supposed to like um, be sort of shipping them in this episode. Which comes completely out of nowhere and is just ridiculous. Does it come uh, yeah. out of nowhere? This seems to be Deb's M.O. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is one of the worst possible guys. Sure, let's do this. But Anton's not one of the worst possible guys. Oh, no. He, he's, he's like a really friendly, nice CI. drug addict, CIA, whatever. <laughs> he only smokes weed. Um... Dexter goes into an MRI machine. It leads to a flashback where Harry is showing Dexter a serial killer's brain. It turns out that Dexter's brain is exactly the same. Um, smaller right hemispheres, less emotions. I actually, I I was split on this. Was this a flashback, do you think? Or was this Dexter, like, daydreaming about it? I don't know, but my main question is why is he getting an MRI? Is this supposed to be this medical evaluation to see it? 
for the baby? Yes. What the hell are they looking for on an MRI? Yes. <laughs> what, what the hell is that going to show? Great question. <laughs> the, the any kind of medical history. What? Yeah. Does he have a busted knee? I mean, what are what are they looking for? He has a medical history of claustrophobia. <laughs> so That's all they're able to tell MRI. from the MRI. Mm. What the hell? It's just like this entire episode. Is if they talk to anybody with any knowledge about anything they talk about the entire episode? Yeah. Maybe if they had consulted the LFI. The other thing that's ridiculous is that if Dexter wanted to do this to reassure Rita to, to be a good, you know, potential father and give her this uh, medical information, he knows his medical history because he knows who both of his parents are. So it would be right. fairly easy for him to say, you know... Well, I went and got checked out, and here's the things that they think I might have, and it just happens to be exactly the things that were in his parents' medical records. Right, because that, because what are you, what are you going to find on an MRI? Well, and beyond that, like if what they were showing us was a flashback of Harry showing him how he had a serial killer brain, mm-hmm. why would he like get into an MRI and get? pictures of his serial killer brain taken <laughs> right yeah but it did seem like it was a flat because that seemed like a conversation they would have so i i mean it doesn't but you know what i mean like it didn't seem like it was a daydream it seemed like it was being shown as an actual memory he had yeah i mean it must be like miami metro memorial hospital that is also <laughs> completely ineffective at their jobs Right, because just as much as it's not going to make sense for him to have that as a flashback, it doesn't make any sense. He's in an MRI machine in the first place. Yeah. Yep. Um, Dexter takes Miguel to a cemetery and tells him that he put the body under a grave that was then covered with a casket and dirt. The guy who talked to Aster at the grocery store is at the beach taking long-range photos of Aster, um, which is this really, really brief scene that's just there to do that, just there to show you that this guy's following them. And then Rita and Dexter go to a yoga class, um, which might be my favorite part of the whole episode. Dexter said, this is absolutely the worst moment of my life. Well, then they have him do something else, and he says, nope, this is the oh, worst no, moment of my life. Oh, no, this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The teacher... Of all the things... The teacher asks Dexter to put his hand on Rita's belly and channel his positive energy, and his internal voice says, I just don't want to hurt you. When he also says before that, he says in his head, I could probably kill her before anyone would notice. (laughs) That was great, too. It's also good. Good scene altogether. (laughs) The only good scene. Yeah. Dexter just suffering through a yoga class is, is pretty good comedy right there. And when he has to wave his arm around when she's telling them to dance, watching him awkwardly move his... Right. Yeah. Be the Yoda's golden. Not that bad. What's that? Be the oh the golden dust. Yeah. Yeah. Be Honestly, the golden dust. Um, I, yoga's not that bad. I don't get why he's so put off by it. No, but if I you're mean, Dexter, Dexter? You're, if you're Dexter <laughs> and you're in freaking uh, maternity <laughs> yoga, like that's got to be bad. That's got to be terrible. I don't know. Like, I don't want to have kids, but I'd go. I express like your feelings. <laughs> yeah. You like doing yoga with pregnant women? It's just your I thing. Do. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Yay! 
gotta get paid for that. Single moms. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Single moms like Ray Frida. Done it before. They can do it again. Join them for yoga. Zach Berry. Uh, <laughs> reporters are asking Miguel about Chicky Hines. Miguel says he's satisfied with the results of the trial. LaGuardia pulls him aside and asks why Miguel didn't talk to the person who could exonerate Hines. The defense attorney, Wolf, comes out and tells the reporters that Miguel sent an innocent man to prison. Uh, remember her face. She becomes important later. Quinn comes to ask Deb why she locked up his CI. Quinn draws Angel into it, but Deb just sways Angel to her side. Uh, then Angel tells Deb to cut Anton loose. Dexter sits down and confronts Nathan, the pedophile. Then he goes to Nathan's house before deciding that he doesn't meet the code. Then um, he does some other stuff, and then he goes back to that guy's house and kills him. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it, like, they had us and they lost us with the there's a Dexter thing going on. Even worse than the last episode where, like, he takes a break to get interrupted by Rita to tell him information that's, like not like that important like or not that pressing that she needs to rush over and get a babysitter and whatever else but this one it's like he confronts him on the street then he goes to his house decides he's not going to kill him and then later he comes back and kills him i agree in a way but i like that it kind of shows that he's kind of um, loosening the code a little bit as he thinks about becoming a father and parenting and would it be outside of the code for him to hurt someone who hurt his kid? I mean, I kind of, I'm, I'm on board with it a little bit, even though it was really oddly plotted out, of course. But Yeah, and I'm skipping ahead, but, like, when he does it, he says, no one hurts my children. And so that's sort of his, like, accepting fatherhood sort of thing. Yeah, he's evolving, which I think is important. I guess it sort of shows us that I just side of think it. It's, I just think it's wacky to have like two scenes next to each other that are the same characters dealing with the same plot line like at different times of day and it'd be like he confronts him on the street and tells him to leave him alone and then immediately he's at his house it's like this guy didn't have time to like do anything based on your threats and then he decides i'm not gonna kill him and then he leaves and then later he's like yeah i need to go just that bad logistics of the writing in these past couple of episodes where they're just not even thinking about what they're doing it's just literally let's come up with an idea throw it just wherever and leave it yeah yeah and make sure we've got enough for jimmy smiths to do to justify having him on the show just make him follow dexter around and be annoying yeah uh Dexter is still trying to find the killer before the police do. He puts up a bunch of signs with Tegan's picture. Deb gets Dexter a Miami Metro homicide onesie. Awesome. Uh, Setting high goals for that kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One day, you could be a (laughs) shitty police officer. Uh, (laughs) Dexter says that he may not be a father to the kid, and Deb hits him. Deb convinces Dexter that the baby comes first. And then she finally notices the pictures that Deb or that Dexter put up with Tegan's name and picture on them and rushes off with the lead. Miami Metro has figured out that Freebo was staying at Tegan's house. Uh, they also figure out that Freebo had an alibi and couldn't have killed Tegan. This means the new body isn't his either. 
Masuka gets mad at Quinn for putting gum on his copy of Forensics Quarterly. Masuka says, this is a deliberate insult to me and my people. Quinn asks who he meant by his people, and Angel says, I don't know, little scientists, I guess. Um, Ramos finally gets a name. The, like, other detective that's in the squad that's just always kind of sitting in the background. But he doesn't get a line. Angel tells him to do something, and he's just kind of like, hmm, nods his head and walks off. <laughs> Uh, Angel tells Deb to mend fences with Anton and try to get more help with the Skinner. Dexter meets Miguel at a secluded spot, because we got to meet Miguel again. Uh, Miguel says that Dexter always has his guard up, but that Miguel is not a threat to Dexter. And Miguel gives Dexter the shirt that Miguel was wearing that has Freebo's blood on it. He gives Dexter to prove that Dexter can trust him, because he has proof that Miguel was there. Yeah, the, this this scene actually went differently than I thought it was going to go. I thought this was going to be the scene that revealed that Jimmy Smith was uh, the like a killer too or something like that or whatever other thing he could be doing, but it wasn't. It was just like another like, yeah, let's meet up at a secluded place here. Let's trust each other. Let's be best friends. And I was like, still nothing? I don't know. I was just like, give me something. But uh, they wouldn't do it, those writers. Yeah, I more expected him to accuse Dexter of trying to plant it on him. For him to accuse him of that? Well, just, I would think that that's where his head would have maybe have gone, but he's so needy and excited to have a friend that yeah, it doesn't I, occur to him. I think they're not doing a very good job of, of pitching Miguel's point of view as um, this normal, regular, like, forensic tech guy ended up killing the guy that killed my brother and I need to do anything I can to help him out. He must be going through a lot right now. This has to be really hard for him. I'm going to support him as much as I can. I'm going to smother him if I have to. Like, I'm going to make sure that this guy is okay and take care of him. Um, but it never comes across that way. It's just always come across as annoying because we know that Dexter can deal with this. Yeah, and, and that's, I guess, that's that's realistically, I guess, what they're trying to convey, but it just comes across as just needy, 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 needy. Yeah. Yeah. And and because Dexter can't ignore him, like he doesn't know what he's going to do, so he has to say yes to everything and it just adds up to adds to the frustration of it for the audience. Um Dexter becomes a real yes man in this season. Yeah. Uh Deb goes to see Anton at the music venue. They make up and Anton says he wrote a song for her. Anton starts singing in Spanish, and the chorus turns out to translate to skinny, mean bitch. But Deb's into it. She's dancing and giving him thumbs up. Another thing I hated about this episode, I know Deb's not real smart, for one, but she surely didn't think that all of a sudden they just made up right that second he'd already written a nice song about her. Also, this was a plot stolen from Friends, by the way. So, Mm. this happened on Friends, just saying. Yeah. It's just, come on, you just, didn't they just, just make up right then? And he's like, oh, I wrote a song about you, and she really thinks it's going to be something nice? Yeah. Well, I mean, who wouldn't trust the CI? Right. <laughs> I mean, she, surely, she had just had him thrown in jail. But yeah, surely you would, would think he's writing a love song about you. The other thing that's kind of kind of off about this, like, I get that it works as a joke, 
you know they don't subtitle it for for english speakers so the whole joke is that we don't know if it's a you know a nice song or a bad song until she tells that girl that like this is about me and she's like you're the skinny mean bitch kind of thing um but with as hard as deb wants to be a detective in miami and she doesn't know spanish you know she probably would at least know the word for bitch absolutely she's been called that in every language multiple times i would think that pretty much everybody knows the spanish word for bitch yeah yeah true but who knows yeah (laughs) and she's part of miami metro (laughs) she's part of miami metro yeah Uh, and add on top of it she was getting attention from a male yeah she was completely uh oblivious Dexter finds Nathan looking at pictures of Aster and chokes him out. Dexter says, nobody hurts my children. We talked about that a little bit before. Um, and he steals a carton of milk from Nathan's as requested by Rita. So he's found a uh, nice little grocery trick there. That's so gross. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, come on. First of all, the fact that it's like the guy was a pedo towards your children. But then, like, don't do That's gross. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't like that at all. It was sealed. It was sealed milk. Yeah, it wasn't open. I don't care. He he touched it. He touched it. It was in their presence. It's like there's bad juju on it. You can't catch pedophilia from a milk carton. It's pedo milk. It's like a toilet. You can't catch anything. It's pedo milk. They have homo milk out there. You can get pedo milk, too. Exactly. (laughs) Homo milk and pedo milk and and buy milk. I don't care. It's all bad milk in my mouth. I always have to. (laughs) All right. Wow. Okay. That's not where I thought that was going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We better stop that before it gets worse. Dexter puts his hand on Rita's belly again and says he's sending out positive intentions to our baby. He's decided to be a father. Duh. Hooray. End of episode. Wow. Way to go, Dexter. You saw that coming. Uh, really everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Everyone saw I that coming. I thought he was just going to stab her in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go have this conversation over by the stairs. <laughs> yeah, he just M99s her. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where your mom's gone, kids. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a great twist, though? <laughs> that would have been fantastic. <laughs> he just kills Rita. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would have seen that coming. Hurt. At least I won't be a father to another monster. <laughs> uh, this episode was directed by John Dahl. Um, he directed 16 episodes of Dexter between season 3 and season 8. This was his first. He previously directed the movies Kill Me Again, The Last Seduction, Rounders, and Red Rock West. And after Dexter, he's been a prolific TV director working on Justified, The Affair, and Ray Donovan. But who wrote this shit show? The uh, showrunner, or the, yeah, the showrunner, Scott Buck. Uh, uh, the late showrunner, not the current showrunner, Scott Buck. So The guy who ruins everything. The guy who, does, who, who runs uh, season Smart. seven, or six, seven, and eight. Uh, he wrote a total of three episodes each for seasons two through five, two each for six through eight. And since then, he's worked on the Marvel, Netflix, and Humans miniseries, as well as Iron Fist. 
his name will come up a lot more when we get into those later seasons. Um, he is uh, his last name rhymes with uh, what he does to the show, so we'll just leave it at that. Uh, best line of the episode. Who are his people? Little scientists, I guess. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> a great line. I love the 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 indignation on his face. He's just like how angry Masuka is. Yes, yeah. it's so good. It's this is a deliberate insult. There's a great insert <laughs> shot in there too. After Angel makes the joke, where like. It's it's Quinn asking Angel the question and Angel answers, and right after Angel answers, there's this insert of Deb like turning and looking over her shoulder at the camera, laughing. It's just hilarious. She's just like she can't believe Angel just said that. I thought that was a good line uh, as well. Now that we talk about it again, it didn't really stick with me the first time, so I just went with something from Dexter's inner monologue that uh, he said, "In a land of predators, the lion never fears the jackal." Just like one of those, you know, mm. philosophical moments that he has. I like those from time to time. Not all the time, but I like that one. Yeah, with the title of this episode, they had the kind of that Jungle Book thing going on for a while. It started off with him shopping and talking about how this was the modern lion on the modern Serengeti yeah. getting his prey. And the lioness has her motives, too, and all of that stuff. Yeah, we're all just a bunch of beasts wandering around trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about the worst line of the episode? Deb telling that woman, I'm the skinny mean bitch. <laughs> she, she's like, you wrote this song about me. Like, This song's about me. Why would you randomly tap some woman on the shoulder and be like, hey, you wrote this about me? Well, I like that she turns to her friend and says, she's the skinny mean bitch. <laughs> Um, I said, what did I say? Oh, when Dexter says, baby on board, hmm, I better get on board. Mm, no. <laughs> <That's bad. laughs> yeah, nope. Yeah. Nope. He already got on board, that's the problem. Right. hey Smarter when you did get on board. Oh, <laughs> uh, mine was the, you said it actually earlier, the, the beautiful, uh, be as beautiful as golden flakes of dust. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. And he just stands still, and she's like, good. She's like, you did it. Good job. Good job. Uh, performance of the episode slash non-Michael C. Hall's performance of the episode. I went with Jimmy Smith's on this one, actually, because I really uh, liked that uh, balcony scene that they had when they were drinking rum. Mm. Um, I thought it was endearing, but yeah, I got... Other than the fact that I didn't get what I wanted from him underneath the bridge, but that's not his fault, that's the writer's fault, uh, I enjoyed Jimmy Smith's in this episode. Even though he was needy. Can I pick the yoga teacher? Because nobody really stood out. I mean, yeah. even Smith. Yeah, yoga teachers. Got it. Seal. 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 Seal was she great. in this episode? Well, she made those dinner plans with Rita. Like, <laughs> it was referenced. Yeah, she's she's working behind the scenes like hardcore, man. She's trying to get pregnant. That's what it is. She's like hoping it rubs off on her, I guess. Oh, man. Um, and with that, um, <laughs> thanks for listening. This has been...